Shows on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. Time now to hear from comedian Stephen Bailey. He said he kissed his best friend at a school party. This interview took place in an actors club in Soho. You may hear a couple of glasses and ice cubes clinking in the background. Hi, I'm Stephen Bailey, and I'm a comedian and dick joke connoisseur. <laughs> Is that on your CV? Yeah, it's on my bio. Yeah, it also okay. says I love a conspiracy theory with uh, a cucumber and a celebrity involved. Well, hopefully we might get onto that later. Anyway, tell us about the first time you sort of questioned your, your sexuality and thought, mm, I might not be straight. I remember just being in P class when I was at school, like 13, 14, mm. And just thinking, like, the locker room was the best room ever, like, the change. I just, like, looked at the boys and I was like, they're all so great. And I didn't, I didn't know at the time any of it because I was so young. So I was like, these guys just, they're so beautiful. And they're, like, Adonises. And there was this guy called Daniel who was, like, the roughest kid in school. And I really fancied him, even though if he would have known, he would have beat me up probably. Oh, so you never articulated anything? No, never, no. not there. But I don't think as well, I feel like when I was like 13, 14, like th- that was like 10 years ago now. No, 20 years ago. I wish it was 10 years ago. It was 20 years ago. <laughs> and I don't think the conversation was as prevalent as it is now. So it wasn't like around and you didn't really see gay people, or I didn't anyway, on the estate. So I was like, I don't think I really associated what it all was. And I think that was a big thing for me at the time was I never had, like, the shame some people have. I never even really had the fear. I just didn't know what it was. So when was the first time you realised this is what being gay is and I am gay? So I've got two older cousins Mm. and they're both gay. Yeah, so when they kind of came out, then I was like, this is making so much more sense to me because I knew I fancied boys, I knew that, but I didn't know anything else what that meant and then actually so when they, those two came out it kind of like I guess paved the way for me so when was the first time you sort of did anything about it you said this was when you were sort of 14 that you were sort of looking at the other boys in the locker yeah. room but then when did you actually do anything about it so I think it was when I was like 16 and I was at college and me and this guy became friends like really early on in German class mm-hmm. and we just hit it off straight away and we were, became friends we had the same friendship social group and there was always just like such a chemistry and a connection we were like friends for six months mm. and then this one night oh. like we just kissed at a house but I don't even know how it came about I don't know where the bravery came from but it just came about and then I was like okay this is making plenty of sense did you kiss him or he kissed you it was just kind of like we were just at a house party had a few drinks like on the sofa next to each other just really close and just getting closer and just knew like just I think we both went for it Presumably you're in front of people there then, so you're kind of coming out by the fact of what you're doing yeah. without saying any words. Do you know, you're at the stage where everyone's experimenting everyone, like, mm. especially girls. Girls really do kiss other girls a lot, or they did in my social group. Not so much in my school, sadly. Oh, really? <laughs> so, like, at our college, they were all, like, kissing each other, oh. really experimenting. Like, so, like, two of my friends fancied the same boy, so mm. to get him, they kissed each other. Uh, really? Yeah. I shan't say their names, because I'm still friends with them. But they did that, and then... It didn't work out that way for them because it really pissed him off. He was like, I thought you liked me, not each other. And they were like, yeah, we do. <laughs> like, it really confused him. But I think it, was the, it wasn't that one. It was the second kiss that like, mattered because that's when he like, came over to my house and it was like, are we talking about this? Are we not talking about this? And we didn't talk about it. We just hung out like normal. And then we kissed again. 
But on that initial kiss, then, did people see you? Did people talk about it? The people were just like, oh, whatever, were they? I think everyone just thought we were being, like, 16-year-old drunk boys, like, fannying around. I don't really think they... Or not fannying around. Or not fannying around. <laughs> no fannies were involved in the making of this story. Um, but, yeah, I don't think anyone gave a second thought. I think they thought, oh, it'll just be a kiss, and then tomorrow, won't we all laugh at them? Yeah. So then what happened when you finally did have that conversation with him and he came round to your house for the, for the first date, I guess, as it was? I don't know. So I think he came round just like normal friendship and then we had a kiss and then we, even then we didn't have that conversation. After that one, we kissed and other stuff happened on the second time. And then I remember it so clearly because it was a Friday and I always remember it because it was the day the last ever episode of Friends aired on Channel 4 for the first time. And that's how I remember it. And then he didn't speak to me for the whole weekend. And I was like, oh, like with me, it triggered something where it's like, oh, this is you. Like, this is you. And this is who you like and this is who you're supposed to be with. Whereas with him, I think he shot himself. And then even on the Monday in college, he was a bit, he wasn't like rude, he was just a bit off. And then by the end of the week, it was like, we're gonna give this a go. Like, there was such a chemistry. It was, I've only had it twice with people I've been out with. I think sometimes it's why I'm such a romanticist is because I really believe in like the chemistry now. Because two times, and they were the best relationships, they were the easiest because they were just built on like friendship and a spark and chemistry and all that. So you did give it a go and you did become boyfriends? Yeah, for like three years. Wow. And then he went to the Navy, so we broke up. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I know. But because you were out, you're obviously out at college then, were you? Did you start telling friends, this is me, I'm dating a boy? Yeah, but I, d- I never really did it in um I always joke that I should still probably come out, because I've never officially come out. I, the way I did it was because I was lucky enough to have a boyfriend then. So I'd be like, this is my, my boyfriend. It was almost like the introduction of him was how I came out to people. Or... With our college friends, for example, we were just we just walked in one day holding hands, and everyone was like, "Yeah, we knew before you fucking knew." And so there was no real conversation to be had. It's interesting, isn't it? I spoke to a lot of people who said, you know, actually, it's a lot harder to come out when you haven't got a partner because it's just you're just talking about feelings that you've never acted upon, actually, and there's a lot more for people to question you on. So it's probably easier in a way. Would you agree then to come out if you have got a boyfriend? You can just say, "Here's my boyfriend." Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't have the other experience so I don't know but I didn't find it difficult and I know some people really struggle with it but even like my family and I was lucky because obviously with my family I had two male cousins ahead of me do it and so I knew everyone was all right with them and obviously with me I mean it was so obvious it was coming that I think I was probably the last one to catch on I was like oh I know what this means so even my parents had just walked in and was like mom dad this is my boyfriend Matt I'm just gonna get changed then we're gonna go to Trafford Centre and that was it. And that was seriously it? Done. Done. So you never had to articulate the words, Mum, Dad, I'm gay? No. I don't think I've ever said that. Ever. Did they say anything to you? So I really then threw this guy under the bus and I went and got in the shower and left him with my parents. Oh, nice one, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I was really great. <laughs> and then I come down afterwards and they were just getting on swimmingly and my dad was like... He does so much. Like, why can't you be more like him? <laughs> and that was it. That was it. So it was really easy, really lucky. So none of them ever had a conversation with you, like, be careful, wear a condom, or and anything in terms of looking out for your future? Or No, nothing. Like, huh? But they've not spoke to my sister, who's straight about sex either. Okay. I think they're just 
a bit like, hear no evil, see no evil. Very, very British. <laughs> yeah, very British about it. Sex doesn't exist. And then they come and see my stand-up shows and I'd like, oh, suck at this guy's dick. And you, you could just see their faces going like, oh my God. <laughs> do they? Do, do they come and watch you? Yeah, they yeah. never miss a show. If, so they come, every time I do a tour, they come in Manchester and they always come to like big ones. So they came, came to like when I opened for Catherine Ryan in London. They came to my Soho Theatre run. Like they, they don't come everywhere on tour, but they'll come to the Fringe. They'll come to the Manchester ones. And do you ever tone it down and think, oh, I can't talk about sucking a man's cock in front of my parents? No, I turn it up. Do you? Yeah, it'd go worse. And then I acknowledge that they're in. Why? Because I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> do they ever say to you, Stephen, tone it down? No, they really like being part of it. I mean, when they came to Soho Theatre afterwards, because I do talk about them a lot in my show, yeah. and in my last show, my mum, they would, like, there was a video at the start of the show, which was my mum introducing, and we'd do a questionnaire with her. So I'd do a questionnaire being like, Mum, what do you think felching is? And she, she's like, is that like the reverse end of belching? It's just so funny. So it's like, I had to put all that in. I was like, Mum, what do you think fisting is? And she goes, she went, I would have said it's something to do with fighting, but knowing you, it's probably something rude. <laughs> like that. So, but like at the, at the Soho Theatre show, because they'd seen them there, afterwards everyone was asking for their bloody pictures, so they love it. Oh, so really, the education's going all around. You've had to educate your parents about gay sex. Yep, yeah. yep. I mean, I would hate for my dad to talk to me about anal because then it's like he's done that with my mum and I don't need to know that. <laughs> I've got weird images in my head now. Me too. Oh, but I'm guessing, you know, a lot of people do have issues coming out at work, but if you're a comedian, you've not really got anyone to come out to, have you, other than big audiences? Yeah, that's it. I mean, you walk on stage and you are who you are. Like, there's no hiding it anyway, and so... I don't have to, and I think because by the time I started comedy, I was 25, so I was already, like, well into it, like, well into being gay. But, um, <laughs> no, I don't, never really had to, and because I'd had the boyfriend at 16, like, I've always been gay whilst I was old enough to have jobs, so, like, mm. I, I came out and then had my first job, so part time, so you go in being, like, my boyfriend. So even like normal, normal jobs that normal people have yeah. before you became a stand-up comedian, you were fine, you were always out. Yeah, so I worked at like Sainsbury's, I mean, and everyone's there, it's like a gay or an old woman. So I always think that about Sainsbury's as well, like it was always worded so well around me, because obviously people would be like, do you have a girlfriend? And then people always like, do you have a partner? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's yeah. called Matt. <laughs> when you first started doing comedy though, did you ever think... Should I go there and talk about being gay? Because it's quite a lot to put yourself on a stage in front of a big group of people and talk about your sexuality. Yeah, I mean, there was, there's times when you worry because I think I probably was very naive about it actually in the beginning because I've never had a bad experience mm. with it and, you know, families accepted, work colleagues have accepted, friends have accepted. So I've never had that negative that I, I never really thought, especially early on, that people had bad experiences with it because my cousins had a fine experience, I had fine experience. So I think, especially the ages of, like, say, 16 to 21, I definitely probably didn't think people had issues with it, which is a nice way to be, what, I guess, what we're aiming for. But it was only when I got to, like, was doing stand-up and travelling with it a bit more, I was like, oh, no, like, I'm going to go to Hull and talk about... And you can see people's faces sometimes have to, like, adjust into it, going, hold on, he's a boy, talking about... Like, sleeping with a boy, that makes no sense. Like, you can see their faces, like, and then they jump on But I must say... I'm like, sure they've got gays in Hull. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it was the city of culture, babe. Um, I don't know. I think there are, obviously, homophobes and bigots mm. and whatever. But I've, I don't know. I've just been, so far, very lucky with it. I've only had a bad reaction once, and it wasn't even, like, a bad reaction. It was a crazy 
weird heckle reaction. Mm. So I was like, where are my gays? And this man at the back of the room just went dead like they should be. And I was like, what? Yeah, that was it. And that was in Edinburgh. And I was like, oh, but that's the only time I've had it. Surely he got some stick from the rest of the audience, right? No, that was the worst thing. And that is the thing. We don't take a stand. We do not take a stand in this world. And no one did it. And I was like, oh, I'll deal with this, sir. So I've got to deal with him and win you all back over because you all feel uncomfortable yeah. now. You lot feel uncomfortable. And then I've got to just show and be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But that's the only time, which in eight years isn't terrible. I mean, it shouldn't happen once, but in eight years I was like, oh, that's not bad. And of course now you do a lot of TV as well. I'm guessing that's quite an accepting world to work in. Very. I mean, it's ran by the gays. Um, <laughs> sorry, the LGBTQ+. And, and even now, like, I've never had... Like, people have said to me online, like, well, you're not funny. I've never had anyone be homophobic to me about it which you would expect and the only time I've had that again was when I did Slabs on the Farm and we had I was hosting it and then we had Louis Spence and Bobby Norris as contestants on it and this man just tweeted about Stephen Bailey Louis Spence and Bobby Norris I'm not watching this shit then and I was like "Hmm, well that's homophobic isn't it just picked out the three gay men and then called the programme shit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, but I mean, you're filming Big Brother's Bit on the Side with Ryland at the moment. Yeah, but that's fun. That's really fun. What is nice to me is that when you go, because we're so box ticky, aren't we? At the minute, we so, we love a label. We love to make sure we've got one of everything. And what I like about that show is it's like there's like three of every minority. Do you know what I mean? There's less straight white men on it, and I love it. And it, it, it works really well. Ryland and I are probably similar personalities, both quite camp bold, whatever the words are. But it shows that. Okay, just because you're the camp gay man, we're not all the same. Like, we, me and him couldn't be more different, mm. even though tonally we're similar. Yeah, and it also shows, doesn't it, that there's certainly no barrier to success, certainly in TV and showbiz world. No, I think if you're good and you keep going and you want it, you will get it. And it, everyone's journey is different. I have a friend who, it was London Hughes, we've been on the circuit together for ages. And like, we went through a time last year where we were like, what? is happening like why is it all so slow and then she got slabs go dating i got slabs on the farm and then neither of us have stopped working since and it's just like oh isn't it silly and it's like you know mine was a presenting job hers was appearing in a reality show it's just everyone's journey is different i think okay well your journey was quite easy in terms of coming out and you admit that so would you have any advice for people that sort of question their sexuality and terrified because maybe their families aren't as accepting as yours or or their workplaces aren't as accepting as the showbiz world you know yeah I I don't know maybe this is too optimistic and hopeful and putting too much faith in humanity Mm. but I think people are better than we give them credit for and I think half the time I mean, I don't know because I've not had the bad experience, but I would say I was just me and I met this guy and I fell proper, like, head over heels in love with him. And so I was like, well, well, that's me, that's my life. And so then I was just like, this is my boyfriend. I didn't worry about it, and then therefore I think maybe me not worrying about it made other people not worry about it. You've got to have a certain confidence, haven't you, to do that? And you've got to be confident in yourself and your own beliefs. And I understand why it's not. I mean, LGBT is still such... Or sometimes feels like it's still such a taboo subject in some way where it's like people are still scared to come out and ask to, and like all this stuff with that stupid cake that those bakers that wouldn't make the cake and stuff. So there are still idiots. Oh, in the Asher's world. Bakery of Belfast. Yeah. Saga. So ridiculous. So I understand why people are scared, but I would also say most of the time people are surrounded by like-minded people. 
you've been raised by your family, you've chosen your friends. So I'm pretty sure that the people you've surrounded yourself around, A, love you, and B, are like-minded like you. So especially your friends, because you choose them. So I, I reckon everyone will be accepting. So I think as long as you, once you've found a way to be comfortable with yourself, then everyone else will. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, hopefully. And it, that's the hardest thing to get to, isn't it? Especially like as an awkward teenager, I mean, you've got hair sprouting in a place you don't want hair to sprout of. I mean, I remember getting an erection because of the vibrations on a bus when I was young. So it's like trying to figure out, like, it's trying to figure out who you are. But I think just take your time and no one's rushed. And also it's no one else's business until you've figured it out. Thank you, Stephen Bailey. Thanks for having me. That was fun. I'm so grown up. <laughs> oh, I've got pictures of you on a bus now as a teenager. Yeah, I mean, literally, me, me and my friend Ben, he's a heterosexual. We talk about it all the time. We're like, do you remember when we used to get... And he said it to me. He was like, did you ever? And I was like, I'm really glad you said that because, yeah, I did do that. I've never heard of that, but, yeah, thank you for putting that image in my brain. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> Thank you to Stephen Bailey. I'm not sure what his next project is, but I'm sure he'll pop up on the telly box before long. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. In the next episode, you're going to hear from Lucia. She's a lesbian mum who adopted a child at the age of 35. Her own mum had the most hilarious response to a child coming out as gay. She was there with all the shopping bags and stuff, and I said, oh, I've got some, some news for you. So she said, oh, what's that, what's that? So I said, uh, I've, um, I've asked a woman out on a date. I'm, I'm dating a woman. And her response was, oh, look, B&M's have got discount on flapjacks. <laughs>